Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Truth with Susie Ann. And this is your host, Susie Ann. Our topic for today is modesty. Now, I will be reading a chapter from my book, How to Be Royal, about this because it covers everything that I need to talk about today. Now, now royals, which is what we are, because we are part of a royal priesthood, royals are known for their respectable, modest style of clothing. In most royalty and in most cultures, it is a written law to almost every royal around the world, give or take a few rebels, as the standard. As princes and princesses, we must uphold dignity and decorum around our peers. Over the years, we have forgotten our regality and instead embraced the commoner's fashion all in the name of modernization. It is very funny that the same believers who knew for a fact what the dress code was in historical times and what was expected to be seen on the holy people are the ones that are defiling themselves. We make all these movies about how Yahushua lived and died, but have we ever compared those same characters to ourselves and see if we looked the same? If the answer is no, then why is that? I hope your excuse is biblical, because I'm about to get into it. Clothes were made for the body's concealment and protection from the elements, not for style. Art is good, but don't let your art turn into idolatry. As we are getting into that, let me point out some similarities of what is expected from a spiritual royal and an earthly royal. So it can open your eyes to how much we have been fooling ourselves. Now, know that the articles that I will be using is the rules for the British royal family. Just to be specific and clear. Okay, so point number one. The royal family must adhere to a strict dress code. The dress code is modest and no members are seen in casual clothing. Do you think that Yahushua doesn't care what we wear? Let's refer to this scripture in St. Matthew 22 verses 11 to 14. It says, And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he said unto him, Friend, How camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said to the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot and cast, and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Revelation 19 verses 7 to 8 says, Let us be glad and rejoice 
and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come. And his wife had made herself ready, and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Or of saints, because there's no day. Now these scriptures have a double meaning. Understand that the social norms that we have today are by no accident, but we have lost sight of the Holy One and have lost respect. From the very beginning, after sin came in the world, when Yahuwah made coats to cover Adam and Eve's entire naked bodies to replace the makeshift leafy outfit they made, it shows that Elohai cared about us dressing appropriately. Modesty is one part of the equation. But there is also a need for formality in the presence of royalty. In Ecclesiastes, it talks about a time for everything under the sun. We know that different occasions call for different dress codes. We would not wear a formal suit to go swim at the beach, and neither would we wear a bathing suit to court. So the question I'd like to ask is, why do we allow this new age ideology to corrupt our minds and disrespect Elohai? If a child goes to a school that wears uniforms and doesn't wear one, she or he is liable to be thrown out and or punished. If you go to a court inappropriately dressed, you are also liable to be thrown out. If you go to your workplace that has either a strict dress code or a uniform, but you come inappropriately dressed, you are liable to be sent home and punished. If you are in the army, you are liable to be punished for either your absence or inappropriately wearing your uniform. At a wedding of co- a wedding ceremony, of course, whether there is a dress code or the social norm, people dress up for it. And the person who doesn't shows how much they do not respect the couple and also can be asked to leave. None of these are coincidences. These are rules long set by the Almighty One, but we have tried to turn it upside down when it comes to tabernacling with Him. We respect the world's rules more than how we respect His rules. The earthly royals are rarely seen in casual clothing. This is because they understand the honor of their station. So they dress accordingly. Why is it that when we step into the king's presence, which we're technically always in the king's presence because he says he's everywhere with us. There's nowhere we can go that we're not connected to him. He says if we make our beds in hell, he is there. So how is it that we go, we approach him and approach his mercy seat, attempting to ask for his compassion and love, and we do not want to dress accordingly? We throw on any old thing and expect he is supposed to accept our prayers and praise. While we we wouldn't treat our bosses that way, nor our clients, we treat our creator as if he's not even a person. 
let us stop following heresy. While he cares about our soul and heart, he cares about our deportment and obedience to him. It's funny how we call ourselves children of the king, but simultaneously we act rebelliously as if he has no say over our lives. Remember, we are not commoners and we do not have any friendship with the world because friendship with the world is enmity with Elohai. So we must be set apart and different from the world. Many of us have spouses. And because we love them, many times we want to dress up and look good for them. How much more our husband man, Yahushua? Many of us have children. We know what age-appropriate clothing is. And we also know what to dress up the child in for each occasion. Our children are obligated to listen to us until they are adults and are ready to live on their own. The same way we want them to listen and obey our rules and advice, it's the same with our Heavenly Father. We must listen and obey Him until we die. Yahushua says that it is not what goes in that defiles us, but what comes out. So, how we feel about Elohai comes out in how we behave outwardly and what we choose to wear in His presence. Now moving on to our next point. It says British royals, that's female, must wear hats to all formal events. And after 6 p.m., once it's an indoor event, married royals should wear a tiara instead of a hat. For those who don't know what tiara means, it's crown. Why does this sound so familiar? Oh, I know. It's because 1 Corinthians 11 verses 5 says, But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered dishonoreth her head. For that is even all one as if she were shaven. What a coincidence. Most of these earthly royals don't even believe in Elohai or even know the scriptures as we do, but yet they follow the commandments better than us. A lot of us women don't want to even wear our hats to church, which is the reverence temple. When we fail to do this simple thing, it has drastic consequences. We dishonor our men and we further dishonor Yahuwah, our king. It doesn't stop there. Here's what we're losing out on when we rebel and leave our hair out. 1 Corinthians 11 verses 10 says, It says, For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. So, here I am in the temple, none the wiser, losing some of my battles because I woke up like this and don't care to cover my head. Some of the things that take us so long for us to overcome and sometimes leave battle scars are simply the result of continued disobedience. And also, covering your head is not only limited to the building. 
If we are to pray often, it then requires us to be covered often wherever we are. Also, for those pastors out there telling women, oh, you're here is your covering. I'm pretty sure the pastors have seen this scripture and here's what it says. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 6. It says, for if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be covered. You see that small four-letter word called also? It says so much. Back then when you wanted to put a woman to shame, you would shave her head. It was an unsightly thing back then to see a bald-headed woman. So, the church in Corinth had some wayward women, as we know some of us can be, that didn't feel the need to cover their hairy head while doing Yahuwah's work. The church was then told that fine, if they don't want to cover their head, no arguments, just shave their heads. If here was woman's required covering, then all men would be bald, like monk bald. Long hair is the glory of the woman, but it's not the required covering for them. If we even look back in history, in Yahushua's days, the women covered their heads. We see this all the time in those movies. Only the heathen woman or small children left their heads uncovered. Yahuwah's work is Yahuwah's work. He wants it to be done a certain way. By a certain set of people who dress a certain type of way. No haughtiness included. So let's talk about the men. So just like the royal woman... The men do not wear hats to formal events. You rarely even see the men in hats on any occasion. What does this say to you? Let me tell you what the scripture says about that. 1 Corinthians 11 verses 4 and 7. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is the image and glory of Elohai, but the woman is the glory of the man. So men, you're supposed to be leaders, but you need to learn to follow first. This is a direct command from Yahuwah through Paul. I don't need to elaborate on the fact that style doesn't get you into the kingdom of heaven. Obedience does. Moving on to our next point, which still has to do with the men. Royal's facial hair must be neat and well-kept. Neat and well-kept doesn't mean bald. Q verse, Leviticus 19 verses 27. It says, Ye shall not round the corners of your beards, neither shalt thou mar the corners of thy beard. Yes, the corners of your heads, and neither shalt thou mar the corners of thy beard. You see, Yahuwah expects the males to do haircuts, you know, pull their heads, but not balding 
the sides of their heads and growing this high, this high head of hair on the top. Yahuwah also speaks to his chosen people about marring the sides of their beards. You see, mar means to ruin or diminish the perfection or wholeness of. Not everyone has facial hair. But for those who do, just to let you know, the hair was meant to be there. So no balding all the hair off your face and leaving only the mustache and the goatee. Yahuwah despises things that are uneven and that includes physical attributes. It does not please Yahuwah. And with that said, you must be saying, if we're not to get rid of all here, then can we let it grow long? The answer is no. No man's hair should be long, for it is a disgrace unto him. Once your hair is long enough to plait, it is too long. 1 Corinthians 11 verses 14 says, Doubt not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him? For all of you who, you know, like to talk about Samson, you know, he was a Nazarite from birth. That's a whole different story. As a result, he had seven locks. Most of you just comb here for style. He, however, had a vow with Yahuwah, which is the only view that constitutes a male keeping their hair long. Plus, if your hair is locked, you should be living by these specific commandments in Numbers 6 verses 1 to 9. If not, cut it off. If you all still have a problem with that, I am saying, here is a verse for you. 1 Corinthians 11 verses 16 says, But if any man seem to be contentious, we have no such custom, neither the churches of Elohai. So if your church or wherever you worship is practicing this, you're not part of the body of Yahushua. Simply, you're not. Okay, moving on to our next point. You will rarely see a female royal wearing pants. The queen does not wear it at all. Also, traditionally, trousers are reserved for young adults and grown, and grown men. Boys in the royal family are typically in shorts exclusively until the age of eight. So high five for the queen there. Society has lost its way where we have no boundaries anymore. Anybody can be anything and Yahuwah will still accept you into the kingdom. That's what's going on here. That's the lie that's being spread. Well, I'm pretty sure there were way more than 144,000 Yashraelites and but that's the only amount that's going to make it in. And I have an idea, you know, based on the word, that they were disobedient. But they're not even a third as rebellious as us today. 
spiritual royals even the queen know so why don't we the bible says in deuteronomy 22 verses 5 it says the woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man neither shall a man put on a woman's garment for all that do so are an abomination unto yahuwah elohai We can go back and forth on this, but history again proves wonders. Because in almost every single generation coming down, women have been wearing skirts and men have been wearing trousers. Even when the man, you know, had on a robe, because some cultures did wear robes, and mind you, most of the cultures that wore robes are, you know, pagan cultures, they didn't even believe in trousers. Are girding their loins at all? Yeah. The woman, however, would wear dresses, and as the time got more modern, petticoats were acceptable undergarments. However, in the recent centuries, people have, you know, become more and more rebellious, especially in the Western region. So, what Westerners call uniqueness and freedom of expression is what Yahuwah refers to as an abomination. As spiritual royalties or royals, this should not be very hard for us. I hear a lot of silly women choosing hell over Yahushua who died for our sins to give us life just because we say don't wear pants. I'm sorry, but the choice between eternal life and opposing garments should be pretty obvious, right? So, here is the list for male clothes women are not supposed to wear. Underpants or briefs. Shorts, except for undergarments. Men's shirts, pants, ties or bow ties, etc. Just in case I missed any. And uh, here's a list of female things and men are not supposed to wear. Trunks, because of their obvious resemblance to panties. And of course, panties, underwear, skirts or dresses, short shorts. Except if you're a child. Blouses, tights, bra, hair accessories, stockings, etc. I think we get the general picture now, right? Great. Let's get to the next point. Royals do not wear sleeveless nor short dresses. Cleavage isn't supposed to be shown. Other than the few rebels of the past and also the recent cases of marriage where there has been some standard fluctuations or fluctuations of the standard anywhere you want, you know, you can better understand what I'm saying. Everything else for the most part is in order. While earthly royals, their standards have um, broken down. A little over the centuries, Yahuwah's word never changes. 
Yahuwah says, So it was in the beginning, so it shall be in the end. So if Elohai says through Paul in 1 Timothy 2 verses 9, In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair, or gold or pearls or costly array. This means we should follow what he says. What is the meaning of being modest? Now, the meaning of the word modest, it means not offensive to sexual mores in conduct or appearance. Not marked for extravagance. It also means sufficient in size or amount. I added the third meaning for a purpose. So let's get right into that. You see, spiritual royals, while you are on this earth, you have only one duty. It's to dedicate your lives in service to Yahuwah. You are in the world temporarily. So do not get caught up in its cheap frills. Yes, I said frills. Or even the brain-filthying modernization. It is important that we love our neighbors as ourselves and see past our wants, perceptions, expectations, their faults, and see their needs. With that said, clothes should not be a peep show. Flesh only attracts flesh. Most of us have been there where certain clothes seem so comfortable to us. But being royalty isn't all about comfort. At least not that type of comfort. It is mostly about representation. Save for hands, feet, and collar. There should be no visibly visibility sorry to any other body part under the head if you think i'm being too severe if you check back in the past just the sight of a woman's ankle could arouse a man and it's also vice versa for a man's naked foot it may sound funny now but back then people were starved for skin in the old centuries, what made a union was facial looks, ambition, education, talent, prosperity, manners, and family background. Now nothing is hidden. Even, even the Christians, especially in the West. I live in the West, so I can bash us. Anything is worn and accepted. We can't be the same as the world. We have to show a difference. When we minister, the only thing that should be the point of focus is our face, our voice, and the truth we speak. We can't be speaking life into someone while they are distracted by stuff bulging out of her clothes or the smoothness of her skin. Fornication is one of the biggest, I mean in amount, of the sins in the world right now. And sadly, lust is a lot of people's weakness. How useful is it when you try to tell someone that lust is wrong while you're showing them your breasts? It's like dangling a luscious poisonous fruit in front of a starving person. 
Romans 14 verses 21 says, It is good neither to eat flesh nor drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. You cannot successfully overcome your weaknesses or help others with theirs if you do not abstain from the very appearance of evil. And that's according to 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 22. The Bible says, For who a man is, um, is overcome by, he is a servant too. So it doesn't make any sense. It's counterproductive. The Bible speaks about only the wife and her hu- husband should uncover thy nakedness. So in that case, your body is actually a private matter to Elohai. The earthly royals, for the most part, have gotten it right. But we are the ones acting like commoners. Clothes should be concealing and fitted. You know, neat, but not tight. Clothes do not have to be baggy, but it should not sculpt your body. Any clothing that gathers or, quote-unquote, rides up when you bend your body... Or you have to pull it up to stoop. It is too tight. And I heard a saying once that I really think sums it up. It goes like this. It says, raise your hands and touch your toes. If anything shows, go change your clothes. It's really catchy. You can teach your children this. Let me say that again. It says, raise your hands and touch your toes. If anything shows, go change your clothes. And even high heels. High heels are not for anyone, actually. It just hurts your feet and back and also puts pressure on your veins. In many ways, they are impractical and are not becoming of a spiritual royal. If you must wear heels, let it not be higher than 2.5 inches and let it serve a purpose rather than for styles such as riding a horse or avoiding muddy ground etc. The frequency of wearing these must also be few and far in between. You see, what the apostles and Martha and Mary were wearing back then were not a fashion statement, tradition, or a culture. It was the word passed down to them from their ancestors, starting at Moses coming all the way down. Why is it that we accept the truth about history, but still distance ourselves from it? Isaiah 47 verses 2 to 3 says, Take the millstones and grind meal, uncover thy locks, make bare the leg, uncover the tie. Pass over the rivers, thy nakedness shall be uncovered, yea, thy shame shall be seen. I will take vengeance and I will not meet thee as a man. And that's Yahuwah talking. So these types of clothes were not, and this type of deportment that we had was not pleasing to Yahuwah. There are also even some fabrics that are not for disciples. 
That is to say, those fabrics are not to be worn in public, but private chambers. There are some sultry materials that even if the clothes are not tight, it still sculpts your body and are sometimes too thin to be worn. Such materials such as spandex, lace, some suede and silk materials can be a bit too much of an attraction to the public eye. Not to mention the skin and hair of the unclean animals. These should not be used for clothes. If it is unclean to touch the carcass, then it is unclean to wear any part of the carcass on your skin. Clothes made from clean animal hair and plants are recommended since it was instructed to the priests in Moses' days not to wear anything that causes them to sweat. So in hot climates, clothes made out of linen, cotton, hemp, and bamboo are best. Leaving heavier materials like wool for colder climates. Elohai is full of wisdom and had also commanded us not to mix fabrics. And that's coming from Leviticus 19 verse 19. Because this can also cause us to sweat, cause allergic reactions, and bacterial infections like yeast in women. It also causes the wear and tear of clothes to happen more speedily because two different cloths are fighting against each other so they kind of pull apart. The rules that are set are not to restrict us but to protect us so we can live a carefree life. It is the same as we do for our children. Still elaborating on what 1 Timothy 2 verse 9 says. The jewelry was not officially a part of Yeshualite's dress code. I notice how hard a lot of denominations have come down on dress code when it comes to clothes. But when it comes to jewelry, it suddenly is the issue. I've seen even some people who said they were Hebrews and got hoops hanging from their ears. You see, the only people who used to pierce their ears back then were slaves, according to Exodus 21 verses 6. And even Yahuwah himself mocked these actions while reminding Job about his majesty and power. Job 41 verses 1 to 4. We still have not humbled ourselves to recognize that Yahuwah loves us, just the way we are, with no additions or accents. He truly loves us, His beautiful creations. The Yashalites could not enter the Promised Land with the jewelry, and Yahuwah let them know how displeased He was with their disobedience. And that's in Exodus 33 verses 1 to 6. The only reason they were able to take jewelry from the Egyptians was because Yahuwah was bringing them out in glory and also watching to see if they would obey him or not and they would have needed the jewelry as money to sustain them on the journey across the wilderness. It was later proved that this was not for them because they started to glorify themselves. The tradition of wearing jewelry was an Egyptian one. And also Babylonian, but not Hebrew. Being in a foreign land for 420 years, it's expected to take on some of their customs. 
But soon after freedom, it was revealed to Yahuwah's people that this was not what he intended for them. Isaiah had prophesied what would happen to the haughty people of Zion who persisted in wearing these things. And you can read Isaiah 3 verses 18 to 21. It's all outlined there. That's Isaiah 3 verses 18 to 21. It says, let us not forget... Um, sorry, did I just say it says? <laughs> let us not forget the makeup. Because that's another point too. The Bible did not support it. Once you start using things on your skin to enhance it in any shape or form, you are practicing idolatry. You're messing with Yahuwah's creation. If you cannot feel attractive without adding something to yourself, you are not satisfied with what Yahuwah gave you. Romans 1 verses 25 to 26 says, who changed the truth of Elohai into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, Elohai gave them up unto vile affections. For even their woman did change the natural use into that which is against nature. You see, in this action, you exalt the serpent and not Elohai. The word talks about makeup condescendingly because only strange women, as according to 2 Kings 9 verses 30, and whores painted their face back then. You can look it up in um, Jeremiah 4 verses 30, Ezekiel 23 verses 40 to 43, Hosea 2 verses 13. Isaiah 3 verses 16 to 26 outlines Elohai's anger on these people exalting themselves against him, all in the name of style, being attractive to other human beings and impressing them. Yahuwah wants us as a pure stone. Because only the stone that was not created or modified by man's hands can defeat the kingdom of Satan. That's according to Daniel 2 verses 34, Exodus 20 verses 25, and Joshua 8 verses 31. You are his beautiful altar, made by him for himself. Your worship is his sweet savor. Nobody, including yourself, has the right to change his masterpiece. In the, in the word, it says that praise is what is calmly for the upright. So that's what he wants to see. He doesn't care about what you're going to put on additionally to make yourself look prettier. No, praise is what is calmly for the upright. And in Psalms 139 verses 16, it says, Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there were none of them. You see, you were made purposefully, on purpose, for a purpose. Aren't you at least a little curious as to what that purpose is? Well, I am. Ministry is all about working on the inside. 
Why does your outer appearance have to matter so much that you choose them over obeying Yahushua? The same Yahushua who had no clothes, whose only set was parted and lots were thrown for. While he was naked and left for dead on a stake to save wretches like us. While we parade around every day in stylish clothes exposing one thing or the other. As if wearing nice clothes is some big achievement. If only you knew a quarter of what Yahuwah intends for us, then you'd realize that your service is actually to Satan rather than Yahuwah. And that is terrifying. If you want to change something, change your inner self. Because truthfully, it doesn't matter if you're the most beautiful carnal person on the earth. You know, if you're the most beautiful human. If your inside is ugly, everyone will still think you're ugly. And you'll end up in an internal lake of fire. Let's be obedient, people. Delight ourselves in the law and our own skin. Only then we'll be able to fight the wiles of the devil. I want to thank you again for listening and be blessed until next time. To check out more or to contact me, you can reach me on Telegram at Kodashim Royale or on Wattpad at Kaleidoscope the Pen or on WordPress at Little Kaleidoscope Girl. You can also check me out on my website, Let's Talk Truth with Suzanne.godidysites.com. Thank you and be blessed.